doing this morning? Yeah. You guys ready to get into God's Word? Yeah. Awesome. If you have your Bibles, turn to Romans chapter 7. Romans chapter 7. We're going to look at verse 21, 22, and a, a few other verses. We'll, get, we'll jump into 2 Corinthians here in a little bit. But we're in Romans chapter 7. Isn't that incredible, the way the brain works? Like, I, I'm going to probably share that on Facebook if you want to watch it again. But to me, it just blows me away the way that God has created us. Like the way the human body works. Like I want to challenge you sometime. Today we're going to be talking about the mind and the, 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 the complexity of the human brain and all of those things. But sometime whenever you get a chance, I want to, I want to encourage you to study like the human eye. Like your, your human, like you study like your, your human heart or your fingerprint. Like pick any one of those and, and do a little digging and do a little bit of research and you're going to find out what the Bible says, that you have been made, you are wonderfully and fearfully made. So today, we're talking about the human brain. Scientists say that we only use a small fraction of our brains. I've heard the numbers like, like anywhere between 4%, 8%. Like we only use a small fraction of the power of the capabilities of our minds. And so today we're going to we're, we're going to begin a brand new series called Toxic. Everybody say the word toxic. Toxic. Um, if you decided to be here like if you haven't been back in a while, this is a great day to be back in the house. We're beginning this series and in light of our circumstances in light of the politics and COVID and everything that we're dealing with, this is a great series. Um, if you're taking notes today, I, I want to give you a working definition, okay? When I say that word toxic, I want to want to make sure that we're all on the same page. The, um, and so let's let's put it up on the screen. This is what what I mean by the word toxic. It's this: toxic is anything containing poisonous material capable of causing sickness or even death. And I believe that so many people are being silently poisoned by all sorts of things, whether it's politics, whether it's relationships, whether it's, um, you know, just, just handling uh, your business, whether it's whatever it is. And, and it's, it's take, it can take a toll in our minds. And so let me kind of tell you where we're going with the series for the next few weeks. We're going to talk about toxic influences, toxic friendships. There are times that you, you, you're in a relationship with someone uh, whether it's a friend or somebody that you, you, you fall in love with, they, 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 they can harm you. And sometimes you don't even understand, you know, how to get out of the relationship. You don't understand how to deal with it. And so we're going to learn from God's Word how to minister to those people. And not just minister to them, but also do it in such a way that they're not going to harm us. Do it in such a way that, that you know, because there are times when you have to draw a line. You have to say, you know what? I just cannot be close to you because it just, it, it's, it's not, it does not help me. And I, I think uh, even just seeing your faces this morning, I think that, that you understand what I'm talking about. Uh, we're going to talk about toxic words, toxic words. So the words that we speak um, have power. The, your words can create life. Your words can actually create death. And that's biblical. And so some of you are in toxic environments where the words that are being exchanged back and forth, um, they're, they're not good for you. So we're going to talk about how to, um, 
how to work through those things. We're talking about toxic fear in a few weeks from today, about three, four weeks from today. Fear, for many of us, it paralyzes us. It, it freezes us. And, you know, it, like, it ties us down. And uh, we're going to learn what God's Word says about that because the world says, oh, just ignore it. The, the thing with fear is that it does not dis discriminate. It doesn't matter how much money you have in the bank account. It doesn't matter if you're smart or not. It doesn't matter what race you're from, like where you're from. It doesn't matter, like your status. Fear will attack all of us. And it will, sometimes actually people that are really, like I found out people that are super smart, like some of, some of the smartest people I know, they deal with fear more than anybody else. So that's, that's coming down the line. Today we're talking about toxic thoughts. Toxic thoughts. If you have your Bibles, turn to Romans 7, verse 21. Verse 21. The Bible says this. The Apostle Paul says this. I have discovered this principle of life. Are you guys there? Romans 7, 21. What's that, that phrase? Some, some translations say, I have found out or I found or I've learned. But that, that first phrase right there is really, 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 really important. Okay, We're talking about toxic thoughts today. We're talking about everything that runs through your brain. I have discovered, the, the Apostle Paul says, I have discovered this principle of life. Then when, that when I want to do what is right, I inevitably do what is wrong. Has anybody been there before? Would you raise your hand? There you go. If you don't have your hand up, you're either lying or you're not being honest. Your pick. Okay? So, yeah, we've all been there. And I love that God's Word can get real enough and that God's Word is applicable enough to where you have this man, this guy that's, that's got this title, Apostle, right? And he's saying, you know what? I found out this principle in life that the things that I want to do, I don't end up doing. And the things that I don't want to do, those are the ones that I, I end up doing. Now watch what he says next. Now this is Paul, right? This is a guy that wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. Look at what he says in verse 22. I love God's Word with all of my heart. How many of you can relate with that sentiment? You say, you know what? I love... Well, okay, I thought more of you like God's Word, but it's fine. It's all good. I'll keep my hand up right here. Uh, but I love the fact that Paul says, I really love God's Word with all of my heart. And if you're here, if you just stepped in and, and you're not a believer, and you don't, you're not so sure about church and the Bible and all that, that's cool. You don't have to believe what we believe in order for us to be friends. But I want you to... I want you to know this. For me, okay, if I can just speak on a personal level, when I, when I read God's Word, and I don't understand it all. I've been studying it for a long time, but some of it is a lot, a lot of portions are, are still a mystery. But as a whole, okay, when I look at God's Word, I can say that it inspires me. I can say that it challenges me. There's parts of my life where I'm like, ooh, man, that's like I need, I need a little work in that area of my life. But overall, I'm a better father because of God's word. I'm a better leader. I'm a better son because of it. And so <clears throat> that's the sentiment right there that Paul is, is sharing with you and me today. He's saying, you know, like I really love God's word with all of my heart. And it's the same thing that you said earlier. Like, yeah, I'm here because I love and I want to learn from God's word. But watch what he says next. And so Paul says, the guy that writes the Bible, he says, I love God's word. I really do. But then there is this other, another what? Another what? Say it. Power. 
There's this thing, the Bible calls it the flesh. There's this other power in me that wrestles. There's this other thing in me that, that it's at war in my mind. And then look at what he says. Oh, what a miserable person I am. He's super, super, super vulnerable. What a miserable person I am. Who will free me from this life that is dominated by sin and death? He says, thank God, the answer is in, Christ, in Jesus Christ, our Lord. And we'll talk about that in detail in a minute. So you see how it is. In my mind, I really want to obey God's word, but because of my sinful nature, I'm still a slave to sin. Have you ever thought about like what goes through people's minds like like when you're talking to someone like have you ever wonder i wonder what they're thinking like you're having a conversation and you just i just i just wonder what's going through their mind because a lot of times people like will behave a certain way because of what we have thought the thoughts that we've had but sometimes we don't say everything that we think which is actually a good thing all right so don't do you don't always have to say what you think okay sometimes you, you have to put some filters in there you know you know what i'm talking about there are people who have no filters right uh, but i i wonder sometimes because people will often think man i'm not good enough I don't have what it takes. My life doesn't matter. Uh, I, I can't, you know, and we, it's almost like we, we get lost in our toxic thoughts. We get lost in our negative thinking. I, I'll never be good. My life doesn't matter. I hate the way that I look. Uh, I, can't do, I can't handle the stress. I'm always going to be miserable. Uh, I, I'm, I'm always going to mess up. I've heard that one before. I'm always going to mess up. You know, I'm, I just, God doesn't care. And I want to let the power of God's word speak to you for just a moment. Because this is a subject that, that I think all of us are, um, deal with. This is one of those subjects that I'm not just, I'm not just speaking to just a, just a sliver, you know, just a particular crowd. No, no, no. This is, this is one of those topics that all of us deal with on a regular basis and i want you to see this you don't have to turn there but i want you to see what god's word says i want this to let it soak into your heart into your soul into your mind this is what god says proverbs 23 7 he says this as a man as a woman as a child what's the next word things in his heart so he is the way you think is the way you are have you ever have you ever heard the phrase it's it's just it's a thought that counts. How many of you have heard that, right? Christmas time, like you don't know what to get, you know, your your spouse or your kids or somebody else. It's like, well, just get them this. It's just a thought that counts, right? Well, according to God's word, it is really the thought that counts. And so a lot of many of life's battles will be won or lost up here. And so we're gonna ask this question today. How can I have victory over my mind and heart? How can I have victory over some of those toxic thoughts, those toxic thought patterns that I have? And so that's what we're going to be talking about. I have three words that I want to share with you because the truth of the matter is those thoughts sometimes quietly compromise your well-being. And it's like a slow death, like it's a slow, and like when I give you that definition, I said anything toxic is anything that makes you sick or anything that can potentially kill you. Well, your thoughts can actually make you sick, literally sick. 
then actually eventually can potentially take your own life. So three words that I want to share with you. If you want to take notes, you can write them down to, so you can have victory over your toxic thoughts. The first one is, is, is the word discover. Say that with me. Say the word discover. Ready? One, two, three. Discover. Discover. So up here I have some water and I have some bleach, okay? And of course you noticed that when I started um, speaking, one is life-giving, right? Life-sustaining, like water is something that you need. The other one, most of us would agree, is toxic, right? If I drink bleach in large quantities, if I get it in my eyes, if I inhale, you know, this, this like it's not good, right? Would, would I agree like toxic, not wanna, you don't want to drink this thing, right? The other one is something that you need to um, sustain your life. Now, in the middle, I have a container, and it's got one of the two substances. It's either got water or bleach. Does anybody know what I have in there? Does anybody want to know what I have in there? Nobody wants to know. All right, let's keep on. <laughs> um, so, if I was to ask you, well, that was a joke, by the way. You can laugh. We can have we can have fun in church, right? That's all good, right? Does anybody want to know what's in? Play along. What's in the in the substance that's in the container? There you go. Thank you so much. You know, if you don't know me by now, you know, like, if, if I get a little bit of feedback, then, then we go a little bit shorter, okay? So if you guys don't speak to me during the message, then, like, we're going to go, we're going to be here for, for a while. So. so does anybody want to know what the substance in the container is? There we go. That's what I thought. I knew that. If I was to ask you to determine what it is, whether it's water or bleach, what, how would you go about finding out? You would smell it. Yeah, you would, you would get close because bleach has a strong odor. Water doesn't. You could, you could take it a little bit further if you want it. Like if you're into science and all of that, you could find the chemical composition. You know, one is H2O. The other one is some other stuff I'm not even going to get into. But, but it's got some big fancy letters as well. And you can figure it out that way. I could also, you know, if you really want to know, you know, and, and, you know, you could just taste it a little bit. Like, should I taste? No. <laughs> Um, I'm not going to taste it because if I taste it, then I would tell you what's in there, and I don't want to tell you. You know, tension creates a tension. That's what I've heard. So somebody said, I won't tell you, but um, when it comes to your thought patterns, it's like that. You need to figure out. You need to take an audit because you're having thousands of thoughts on a regular basis that are coming your way. Many of those are great thoughts. Many of those are the reason why you're here today. Many of those are what makes you a great parent, a great leader, a great mom, a great father. But some of those are toxic. And if you're not careful with those thoughts, they can begin to poison your life in such a way that it, it shows and it, can, it changes your mood. They can change the way you work. They can change your drive. They can change your relationships. It, it can affect you in so many different ways. And so I want you to notice what the Apostle Paul is saying here. He's saying, can we put up the, the 721? There you go. He's saying, I have, what's the next word? I have discovered. discovered. Like some translations say that I found out, like I've, and the, the word there in the original is I've done the research, I've taken the time to figure out, like I've gotten a revelation basically. Like I have, I have like, the, like this is the same way that you would find out, you would figure out a way to find out what's in, in here. It's the same word that's used here. 
And God, God, through the apostle Paul, he's saying, listen, I got a secret that I got to tell you. I, I found out this principle of life. I've discovered. Life is about discovering. Did you know that? It's about exploring. And the older you get, the more you should get to know yourself. The more you should explore and the more you should know, you think of um, Curious George, right? Constantly trying to find out what's next. Here's why. Let me give you the why. The Bible also says that the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. So think of your thoughts as a 13-year-old that's at the beach, is enjoying by the water's edge, just, enjoy, just having a fun time. What the enemy does the enemy grabs that 13 year old by the neck and just submerges his, his head underwater and if that 13 year old if that's your thoughts that is the battle that you and I are fighting that is a, when the Bible says the enemy comes to steal kill and destroy that's the image that I want you to have because the enemy knows that if the battle that's going on up here if he wins it he's got victory over your life and so Paul says, I found something out. I've discovered something. It is all about self-awareness. It's all about finding out what are the enemy, what he will do is he'll take his job is to drown out the thoughts that come from the Lord. He wants to take the truth of God's word and just dig it, just bury it under the water. And it's, that's the struggle. So what the Bible says in a different passage, it says this, Proverbs 4, 23, it says this, carefully guard your thoughts because they're the source of true life. So number one priority, if you want to have victory, is you have to do a little bit of self, self-discovery, self-awareness. You got to figure out, like, what are the, like, uh, do a little audit. What are the thoughts that I'm going, that are going, and which one are, which one are the ones that are coming from God? Which are, are the ones that are, they're my own lies, they're lies from the enemy, they're lies that I've heard from other people. Let me put it like this. Let me give you an illustration. So there was a study done Um, by Cornell, their school of business, interview the 72 72 highest uh, performers, like performing, like the the greatest CEOs that they could find. These were people who were running companies anywhere between 50 million and $5 billion. And so they asked lots of questions. They did a whole bunch of research and they're trying to find out what is the the common characteristic, the the qualities that these CEOs, that these leaders have to be able to lead uh, companies of that that nature. Now everybody thought that it was gonna be like grit or self-determination or strategic thinking. You know what the answer was? At the end of the study, the key predictor of success among those leaders was self-awareness and they define self-awareness as the ability to monitor and self-regulate your behavior in real time when when adam messes up adam and eve when they messed up and god comes up to adam and he says adam this is after sin right after adam and eve like messed up adam uh, god comes to adam and he says adam where do you know it where are you like when God asks you a question, it's, because, it's not because he doesn't know. Like God's not looking for Adam, trying to, Adam, where did you go? I lost you. No, 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 no. <laughs> when God is asking you a question, 
And when God asks Adam a question, it's because he wants him to know something. He wants him to discover something about himself. And so God looks at Adam and says, Adam, where are you? Not just physically, but where are you emotionally? Where are you spiritually? You need to do a little bit of like self-inventory. So, number one, if you want to have victory over your thought life, Number one, you're going to discover. You're going to launch an investigation. Just picture that it's a crime scene, and you're, gonna, you're going to figure out, okay, what are the thoughts that are coming from God? What are the thoughts that are not coming? This morning, I was in the shower. I had a thought. It was just a passing thought. It was a negative thought, and it was like, I don't even know why I'm having this. It has nothing to do with what I'm doing today, but it was a, it was a, a, a thought that I had to immediately recognize. And the thing is that you have so many of them. If you're not careful and the busyness of life gets in the way, right? And you go from, you move from one thing to the next and every once in a while you have to hit the pause button of life and you, say, you need to say, okay, I need to slow down enough to see what's going on up here. So the first word, discover. You're gonna find out, take, take a break. You're gonna find out what's going on in my mind. Here's the second word. is the word Demolish demolish everybody say the word demolish. demolish so Paul says he says I love God's word but there's this other power in me that is a war in my mind I know the answer is Jesus and then he kind of stops there now if you don't read the Bible as a whole then you, you're going to miss out but the same guy that wrote Romans also wrote 2nd Corinthians and so in 2nd Corinthians he gives us a little bit more instruction and he says this he says the weapons, 2 Corinthians 10, 4, says the weapons we fight with are not weapons of the world. On the contrary, they are, what's the next word? Divine power to demolish strongholds. So, so let me kind of bring you up to speed. So in, in Romans, he says, like, yeah, you can be a believer and you can love God's word, but there's this power at work. And then the answer is Jesus. And he kind of stops there. You read the Bible as a whole, you get to 2 Corinthians, and you're like, okay, you find out that there are some tools, there are some weapons, there are divine uh, weapons that you can have to have divine power to, and then he uses this strong word, demolish strongholds. Now look at the next verse. He says, verse 5, he says, we, help me out, we, oh, I've lost you already. Let's try it again. We demolish we demolish arguments. We demolish every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive. It's a little aggressive, right? We take captive every thought and we make it obedient unto Christ. Now, when, when you think of the word demolish, what comes to mind? They're going to demolish such and such a building downtown. What's immediately, what comes to mind? You know, like for me, it's like they're going to tear down this huge crane with this huge wrecking ball, you know, just going to destroy the thing or maybe dynamite, the whole thing is going to collapse, right? So what Paul is saying is you've got to break through. You've got to, it has the idea of breaking apart, breaking through the barrier. Now, let me tell you how you do that. I'm going to give you I'm going to give you extremely highly practical. If you want to know like how to apply your life like today, I'm going to give you a few pointers that are going to really help you. How do I demolish those toxic thoughts? Couple of thoughts here. 
Number one, do not feed them. Don't, don't feed. Once you find out what they are, do not feed them. Starve them, okay? Brian Buffini, I listened to his podcast the other day. He says, sometimes you need to learn to go on a news fast. And because of the political climate, some of us have been glued to the TV, you know? And if, you, if you're glued to the TV, you know that most of what comes out of the news is always negative, in fact he says this he says for most people no news is good news for the press good news is not news isn't that interesting he says that there's a British study where they found out that if you listen to negative stuff okay or negative people for within the first 14 minutes it will begin to affect your mind it only takes 14 minutes. You turn on the, the TV and it's just like one negative thing after the next. You're listening to someone and they're gossiping and they're complaining and this and this. And you're, gonna, you're not going to believe what they said. They said that it only takes 14 minutes for your mood swings to change. For you to begin to have a, a little bit, you don't, sometimes you don't even notice it. For, for you to have a little bit of, to get anxiety. Colin Powell says, bad news is not like wine. It does not improve with time. And so the point here is you have to starve it. So how about cutting it down? How about eliminating it? Sometimes it's the app that you have to eliminate. You know, there's this the one thing that you always go to. You know, you got to get rid of the notifications or turn off the notifications. What's going on in your life what are the things that are going on in your life that are bringing that you're, what, are, what toxic things are you consuming little by little that you're not noticing that are poisonous to you? The average person spends three hours on their phone a day. Three hours. That's, that's about 11 years of the average span of a person just looking down at their phones. And so delete the app turn off the notification, go on a news fast. I would say change your focus. I would say breathe. I would say exercise, eat right. Let me give you an illustration. This guy right here, Roger Bannister. He's a, an Olympian um, runner. The guy in 1954 set the record, the world record for the fastest mile, okay, so he broke, he ran one mile in under four minutes, okay, up to this point, the Olympics had been going on since the 1800s, for 150 plus years, like nobody, the scientists, the doctors, they all said, it is impossible to run a mile in under four minutes, this guy in 1954, um, basically gets out there, and he breaks that, that world record, during the first 10 years after he broke the record, 336 runners actually broke the same record. So do you, do you see what I'm saying? The first 150 years, nobody. It was a human impossibility. Your body could not run that fast. It's just impossible. The scientists say it. The experts say it. The guy breaks the record, 1954, and guess what? The next 10 years, 336 runners actually break through that record what changed how come the first 150 years nobody could break the record and then in 10 years it happens there was a breakthrough he broke through that barrier 
And so in your mind, when you say, I can't, I can't, I, you know, I, I'm not able to, I won't try it, you've already lost the battle in up here. And so if you look at God's word, the Bible says you got to figure out what those toxic thoughts are. You have to demolish them, starve them, change the focus. Philippians 4.13, Jesus says, Bible says, I can do all things through Christ who, who strengthens me. I can do what? All things. Now, I read that and immediately I go, well, not all things, right? Because that's the way our minds work. But God's word says, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. So number one, you're going to discover. Two, you're going to demolish. And then last, you're going to dwell. And I'm going to ask the worship team to get on stage. We're going to wrap it up. You're going to dwell on God's word. Your dwelling place is a place where you live. Your dwelling place is a place where you spend most of your time. It's that safe haven. It should be your safe haven. It's your go-to place. God's word should be that place for you. The Bible says, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. When you get into God's word, what happens is that God's word renews your minds. It flushes out all the junk and it brings in new stuff. I have a filter at the house for our pool and every once in a while I have to backwash it. What that means is I have to put some water through that filter and dump it out. The water usually goes in a particular Direction, but when that filter gets all kind of junky and it just, you know, and it shows you because, you know, it's revving up a little bit and it's redlining, what I have to do is I have to backwash and change the direction of the water and dump it into, into our yard. That's what the God's Word does in your life. It renews your mind. That's what dwelling, you, you may ask, man, why, why, do I, why am I so stressed out? Why do I go from one worry to the next? Why do I have to deal with all of the anxiety? Why is like my brain just keeps spinning and spinning and spinning and it's just exhausting? I'll tell you why. Because you're not spending enough time in God's word. Now I applaud you for being here. Man, that's, that's fantastic. But those moments in your life when anxiety kicks in, those moments in your life when you're overly negative, those moments in your life when you have those toxic thoughts and you know they're not from God, what's happening is you're not spending enough time in God's Word. Sunday morning is great, but that's your first step, right? It's your, your first meal. You need to eat every day. You need to feed your body, your soul, on a regular basis. And I'm saying this from experience because I've learned that there are people with a whole lot worse circumstances than me and they deal with those things way better because they're in the word and so when you wake up and you reach out and you grab your phone which app do you open up first so your agenda is a Facebook is an Instagram or do you reach out and say you know what I'm going to fill up my mind with God's word because that's my safe place that's the place where I grow that's the place that where that protects what's going on up here. I'll close with this. 
your brain will find what it's looking for. Let me say that again. We talked about the power of the brain, right? Like maybe 4% is used, like the capabilities, the power of what goes up here. Like we don't have, I don't think we, we fully know the extent. Your brain will find what it's looking for. It's kind of like this. It's the difference between a hummingbird and a vulture. A hummingbird goes out looking for sweet things and it'll find them. It'll look for nectar. It'll go out and, you know, find something that's sweet. A vulture, what does a vulture do? A vulture will find dead things. Roadkill. We can get rid of that. Oh, there you go. Yeah, yeah. That's the way your brain works. I applaud you for being here because you're practicing the message. But tomorrow morning when the stress of life hits you, Thursday morning when you're stressed out about the finances, Wednesday when you have one problem after the next and it feels like you're drowning and it feels like the enemy is doing that, he's trying to drown the truth of God and he's telling you you're not enough, you don't have what it takes and this and that, what are you going to do? Step one, you're going to discover. You're going to try to figure out, is this water? Is this bleach? Like, you're going to do whatever it takes to find out, is this? Because sometimes you got so many thoughts running through your brain, it's hard to detect which are the ones. Which are the ones that are they're poison to me sometimes you don't even know and it's like okay you need help and like you know and you may talk to your counselor you may talk to your pastor you may talk to a friend like help me figure out is this thought is this like am i off here or am i on track but you it takes work you have to discover life is about self self-discovery then you're going to demolish and you're going to get aggressive those once you figure out what the toxic thoughts are you're going to go after them you're not going to let them dwell in your mind and you're going to you immediately you're going to cast them out because the bible says jesus says that the power that's in you is greater than the power that is in the world he who is in you the spirit of god if you've given your life to christ is greater than the spirit of the of the enemy so you're going to discover, you're going to demolish, and you're going to dwell in your safe place. Place where you can go to, and you can be loved. And you're going to find hope. And you're going to find grace. You're going to find forgiveness. The God who you serve is a God of love and hope and forgiveness. So with heads bowed and eyes closed, I wonder how many of you in here would say, Pastor, would you just pray for me? The truth is my mind has been in the wrong place the last few weeks, the last few months, all over the place. Some of you would say by raising your hand, Pastor, pray for me. God sees your mind. God sees your heart. He knows where you're at. It's not easy. I told Leah, this is so much easier to preach and to practice. I wish I could practice half of what I just preached. This is hard stuff. But don't give up. You have a God that loves you. You have a God who understands you. You have a God who's for you. 
Lord, we lift up our voices, we lift up our hearts, we lift up our minds, we lift up our families and our bodies to you. And we ask you to do what we can't do. And we tap into that divine power of your spirit in us. And God, thank you for the example of Paul. Thank you that, that yes, it is a struggle. Even for the guy that wrote the Bible, it's a struggle. But God, thank you that we're not alone. And we can surrender and we can lay down the control and we can lay down whatever it is that's holding us back and we can cast out those toxic thoughts and with your help in our lives, we can live victoriously. And so we surrender to you and we ask you to do what only you can do. And we pray in Jesus' name.